So uh, the night of the Seder, the Seder night certainly evokes very warm uh, memories in everybody's heart. Even the most estranged Jew celebrates the, the Pesach Seder. You could have a Yid, he doesn't know Aleph Beis, he doesn't know Shema Yisrael. But Manushtana Halayla Hazah, I don't believe there are too many, uh, too many who don't know. But uh, certainly that is uh, perhaps the most well-known expression in all of Judaism, Manushtana Halayla Hazah. And what we would like to ask tonight is, Taka Manishtana Halaylaza, what is so special about the night of Pesach? That more than Shabbos, more than even Yom Kippur now, it's a fact, more Jews are celebrating Seder night than any other Jewish uh, custom. What is it about the Seder night that really pulls on the drawstrings of the Jewish heart? Why is it that the night of the Seder, a Yid feels the connection to Lel Seder? Manishtana Halaylaza, Mikal Halaylais. Okay, so we begin by examining a number of items about the Haggadah. And the first item we're going to examine is what we call the Simanim, right? Well, say that we pride ourselves that everything we do, we, we do according to an order of operations. There's a specific way we do things, right? We know Kadesh, Orchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, not only that, not only is there an order, we actually say the order. The Seder begins by reciting. Kadesh, Orchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, and many people even have a minog, that as they progress through the Seder, somebody announces, okay, Kadesh, Orchatz, Karpas, yeah, you ever hear of such a thing, uh, Sukkis? Before you start, you know, somebody <coughs> recites, okay, Oshpizen, Kiddush, Shechianu, Natilas Yadayim, Gefilt the fish, right? There's no such thing as uh, saying an order of operation. Before Yom Kippur, anyone get a, you know, Kal Nidre, Sifrei Taira, Appeal, drasha, <laughs> nap, baruch. We don't have, you know, we don't have that by any other Jewish holiday or any other ceremony in Judaism where we actually recite a seder of a, an order of operations. And the night of a seder, we certainly pride ourselves that we do things according to a specific order. We have a menu, we have a recipe how we're going to do things. The one night a year that we say we're doing things according to an order, it's out of order. Let's just start very simply. We say Kadesh Orchatz. No, translate the words. Kadesh means what? By the way, who wrote these words, Kadesh Orchatz? These are not just, you know, written by some modern day poet. Kadesh Orchatz was either written by Rashi or one of the Bali Toysis, Rav Shmuel of Feliz. So these are the very important words. And we know all the Bali Machshava, all the masters of Jewish thought, all the masters of. Uh, of Jewish uh, philosophy, delve into the meaning of Kadesh Urchatz, not just uh, how it applies to what we do well say there, but in terms of how we approach the service of Hashem in general. So just think about these words. Kadesh, right? What does Kadesh mean? Kiddush. Kiddush. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify. Urchatz. Wash. Does that make any sense? Sanctify yourself and then wash. I mean, first you wash something, and then you shine it. First you clean something, and then you polish it. First you clean something, and then you paint it. <clears throat> Normally we say, we have a Pasuk and Tehillim, Sur First you want to cleanse yourself from sin, and only then, after you've cleansed yourself from Averos, you're ready to embark on serving God in a holy manner. You're ready to embark on sanctity. I mean, Kadesh Orchatz is out of order. First should be Orchatz. First you want to wash yourself, cleanse yourself from Averois, cleanse yourself from your filth, cleanse yourself from Tama, and then you're ready for Kadesh. Rabbi said, this is the question of the Shemi Shmuel. In the Haggadah, Shemi Shmuel, 
He writes in number three, If you want to tell me, if you're giving instructions to a Jew how he should progress in service of Hashem, first he should wash, like it says in Rus, she washed, and then she anointed herself with perfume. Right? Imagine somebody, you know, he's filthy, he's smelly, he's going to put on the uh, cologne before he takes a shower, and that's not recommended. You don't have to wear cologne, it's not recommended to wear cologne ever. But if you want to wear it, first take the shower, then put on the uh, perfume. But, right? Why the other order? Why the night of Pesach? Is it Kadesh and then Orchat? Okay, that is question number one. We move on. Say their night. And uh, if you notice, if you're paying attention, everything we do on Pesach is performed during the nighttime. Sipor Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Matzah, Marar, Halel, Seder, everything is in the nighttime. You ever wonder, never the entire year is there any mitzvah that you only do at night? Shoifar, only the day. Bismillah, only the day. Halal, only the day. Talis, only the day. Tefillin, only the day. Yeah, there are certain mitzvahs you do also at night. Yeah, right? Like Megillah, like Sukkah. But only the night? Yeah, Hanukkah, you can't light candles during the day. You can't see them. But, but Lel Seder, to specifically do a mitzvah in the nighttime? What is that? Why, why is that? Why the night of Pesach do we specifically do mitzvahs during the nighttime? Rabbi Say, who asked this question? The Vilna Gain. The Gra, the Vilna Gain. And this question is uh, brought down in number four from Ramnach Mendel Mishkalov. And he cites his uh, Rebbe, the Vilna Gain, that why the night of Pesach do we specifically do mitzvahs during the nighttime? Okay. For all you uh, Hebrew grammarians, or you experts in Hebrew grammar, let's try this one. Another question. Ma nishtana halayla? Now, the word Laila, right, we know in uh, Hebrew, words could be masculine or feminine, right? In, in English, a word is a word. Words don't have genders. But in Hebrew, words have genders. They're masculine words or feminine words. The word Laila is feminine. feminine. How do we know it's feminine? It ends in kamatz, hey, ah, Laila. So why do we then say manishtana halayla hazeh? Not hazeh. Why in the most well-known phrase in all of Judaism, it's wrong, it's incorrect, it's an, it's an error. It should be And to add insult to injury, we find later on in the Haggadah, right, the Haggadah tells us, Maisa, Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Yeshua, Rebbe Lezer Menazayev, Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe Tarfain, Shahayu Mesubin, where were they sitting? The Nebra. Vahayu Mesaprim, Biyatsiyas, Mitzrayim, Kal, Aisai, Halayla. They were talking about Yitzhiyas, Mitzrayim the entire night. Aisai, Halayla? What should it say? Ask the Shlah HaKadosh, it should say, Aisai, Halayla. Layla is Lashon Nekeva. It should say, Aisai, Halayla. The word Aisai is Lashon Zachar, is masculine. It should say, Aisai, Halayla. Feminine. So why, when it comes to the night of Pesach, then word Laila, which is Lashon Nekeva, it's being described as Halayla Ha-Zeh. Oisa Halayla. We got it wrong. 
Oisei Halayla. It should be Oisei Halayla. It should be Manishtana Halayla Hazois. Okay. Another problem. We know the night of the Seder, we, um, we do a lot of things to arouse the curiosity of the children. Right? The Ramam even says, Choyt fin matzah. We uh, steal matzah. We grab matzah. By the way, Rabbi Oisei, you know, the, there's a big debate. There's a big um, discussion. Where does it come from, the whole concept of stealing the Afrikaimen? Not really a Jewish thing to steal. Right? It's, it's actually one of the Ten Commandments, right? As, uh, as obscure as this love may be to some people, right? Stealing is one of the, the Ten Commandments. And yet, the night of Pesach, we encourage the children to steal. So, the grandson of the Chassam Soifer one night, uh, the night of Pesach, he says, you know, Zayda, why do we steal the Afrikaimen the night of Pesach? Chassam Soifer, you know, the kid had him for a little bit. <laughs> By the end of the Seder, Chassam Soifer tells the kid, you know, the Gemara tells us, what keeps the Ganovim out of the city? The dogs. The dogs, they, well, yeah, if a Ganov comes into someone's backyard, who's going to make sure that the Ganov doesn't come in? Good old, you know, Rober the dog. He's going to make, he's going to bark. He's going to scare the Ganov away. The night of Pesach, some service said the dogs weren't barking. So the Ganovim had free access to all the homes. So to commemorate Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to commemorate what happened in Mitzrayim the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, all the Ganovim, they were going on a rampage, stealing, because all, you know, all the dogs were out of commission. So to commemorate the Genevas that happened, well, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim says, Achsam Soifer, that's why we steal the Afikaimen. Okay, very interesting uh, possibility. But, Merz uh, Hashem, later this evening we're going to explore another, uh, another source for this custom of stealing the Afikaimen. But one of the other things that we do to uh, arouse the curiosity of the children, the Rambam writes, look at number 9, we're supposed to do different things. So that the children should see. Says the Rambam, what do you do different to arouse the curiosity of the children? Says the Rambam, You give out toasted grain and, and nuts. You give out nuts. Right, nowadays we have better things. You have jelly beans, you have, uh, I don't know, Laffy Taffy's. In those days, the best thing they could come up with were nuts. Nuts? The one thing, the one thing you don't want to give out the night of Pesach is nuts. Why not? We know Leil Rosh Hashanah, right? It's a very, this is a, to many people, is a severe Avera. To eat nuts the night of Rosh Hashanah, right? The Ramah brings down there's a custom. We don't eat nice nuts the night of Rosh Hashanah. Why not? Egois, right? Everybody knows. The word egois has numerical value, right? A what? 18? Right? Right? 19? And egois is gematria chait. So therefore, the night of Rosh Hashanah, we avoid nuts. And the Ramah's telling you, but they'll say there, what should you give out? Nuts? I mean, that's the one thing you don't, you don't want to give out. It's the one night a year you're trying to train the children. You're trying to teach them Amuna. You're trying to teach them Bitachan. And what do you give them? Nuts! Give out jelly beans. The Ramam, I guarantee you, could have come up with a hundred other items you could have given the kids. The one thing we don't eat Rosh Hashanah, the Ramam says, give out to the children. This question is raised in uh, the Haggadah, Yushalayim B'mayadeh, from Rabbi Vigdor Nebenzal, the, the Rav of the old city. And he brings up this a very interesting point. Why is it that the night of the Seder, the Rambam, has no problem distributing egoism to the children? Okay. 
Next question. We move on in, in the Haggadah. We come to the four children. The four children. The Chacham, the Rasha, the Tam, and the Sheinu Yedei Alasha. What is the Rasha doing at the Seder? What's he doing there? Who invited him? The rest of the year, you bring the Rasha into your house? You kick him out of the house. A Rasha? What does it say in Perkei Havos? And the night of the Seder, you're bringing him in. So fine, you want to bring him in, let him sit by the front door. You're sitting him down at the table, and he's asking you a question, and you're debating with him in front of everybody. What are you doing with the Russia? Why is, why is the Russia there? Why is the Russia invited to your Seder? Why is... <laughs> You're not fasting. It's not Yom Kippur, right? But we don't say Anumatim by What are you bringing in the the Russia to the Seder? And to make things even worse, you know, imagine if uh, you know you were doing research into a shidduch. So um, so you call up somebody, and the guy the guy you're calling up knows that there's some you know ancestor in the family who, you know, the family's not really so proud of. So they tell you, you know, about the great-grandfather and the great-uncle, and, you know, they avoid talking about that relative that, you know, the other family's thrown in the closet, nobody talks about him, right? The whole year, did you ever hear anybody ever say, yeah, Klal Yisrael, you know who we're from? We're from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Terach. You ever hear anybody ever talk about Terach? Nobody even knows who Terach is, right? Who ever heard of Terach? And the night of the Seder, we, we have a new yichas, right? Everybody, the whole year, we're B'nai Avraham Yitzchak V'yakov, right? We're the sons of the Avais. Nobody ever heard about Terach. Terach is discommunicated. Even in the Torah, the Torah doesn't even tell us when Terach died. We want to like, you know, because so nobody thinks that Avraham Avinu just ran out of the house, so therefore we make believe he, was, uh, he died earlier at a different time. The Torah does a major cover-up, right? We once had a shir on this. When it comes to the Chumash, the Rebbe Hashem does a major cover-up act to, to hide Terach, throw him under the rug. He's a skeleton. We hit him in the closet. Nobody ever talks about Terach. And the night of the Seder, how do we start off? The first thing we talk about. Oh, good old Terach. Metchila, Oivdeya, Voidazar, Hayyua, Voisenu. Vayom, Yeshua, Kalaam, look at number 14. Kayama, Hashem. Like, hey, Yeshua, Beba, no, Yeshua, Voisenu. Terach, Avi, Avram. All of a sudden, Terach is like the Elta Zeda. You know, it's like we, we take his picture out and we put him up over the dining room table with all the other Zedas and Bubas. Terach, you know, we make believe we're not related to him. We say, you know, he was just a family friend. And the night of the Seder, all of a sudden, you know, we don't say, we don't talk about Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Terach, right? All of a sudden, he's the, he's the Zeda. I mean, what are we drumming up Terach for? Leave him in the closet, you know, cover him up with all the other junk. Why would... And why are we calling him a father? The Gemara tells us in Brachas Tazayinu Mabez, Al Tikri Avos, Elo We only have three fathers. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Okay, and finally, question number seven. Question number seven is like this. The carbon Pesach, in essence, is a carbon Yachid. It's not a carbon Sibor. Every individual is responsible to bring a carbon, and uh, if you don't bring a carbon, you have to join up with a chabura. Now, when it comes to a carbon yachid, if the majority of the Jewish people are tameh, can you bring a carbon yachid? No, you can't bring a carbon yachid. Tomas If you have a communal obligation, a communal sacrifice, so even if the majority of the Jewish people are tameh, you could bring a communal sacrifice. But the carbon pesach is a carbon yachid. 
And even though a carbon Pesach is a carbon Yachid, it's the only carbon Yachid you could bring if the majority of the Jewish people are Tameh. Why? Why? Somebody has to bring a carbon Taida, let's say, uh, a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. If he's Tameh, can't bring it. Someone has to bring, someone has a baby and they bring a carbon, or Yoledes, Tameh, can't bring it. And yet, when it comes to carbon Pesach, if the majority of the Jewish people are Tameh, you could bring it even though it's a carbon Yachid. And not only that, even if you're Tameh, you could eat the carbon Pesach. It's unheard of. There is no other Kachim. There there's no such thing as a sacrificial offering that could be eaten in a state of impurity except for the carbon Pesach. So, Abayisai, we have a number of uh, questions over here. Let's just um, sum them up. Right? We have seven questions tonight. Question number one. We ask, what kind of order is it? Kadesh and Orchatz? It's out of order. First should be Orchatz. First you wash yourself. First Sur Meirah. And then Ba'asei Taif. Number two, we want to know why the night of Pesach, all the mitzvot are done at night. The rest of the year, the mitzvot are only done during the day. Number three, Manishtana Halayla Hazah. To be Manishtana Halayla Hazah. We wanted to know why do we give out nuts at the Seder? Nuts represent chayt. Rosh Hashanah, we don't eat nuts. Pesach, we give out nuts. What's the Russia doing at the Seder? Why are we bringing up Terach? Keep Terach in the closet. And number seven, carbon Pesach is the only carbon that is brought the Tumah. Okay, Rabbi said we're going to interrupt ourselves. I'm going to throw out an unrelated question to you. Okay? No, no, just to, you know, distract us a little bit for a few moments while we digest the questions, okay? I'm going to throw out a very interesting question to you. We know the night of the Seder, you're, you're obligated to drink four cups of wine, right? Dalit Kaisis. How much wine does the cup have to, to hold? Revius. Revius. Revius Halug. Whatever that is. Different Shiurim. Rav Moshe, Chazanish, Chaim, Noah. However many it is, it's a Revius. How much do you have to actually drink? At least half cup. Right, majority of the cup. Majority of the cup. <coughs> How about when it comes to the mitzvah of matzah? How much matzah is one required to have on uh, the night of Pesach? Kazayas. How much do you have to eat? Oh, kazayas. So why is it that when it comes to Dalit Kaisais, where you have to drink a revias, it's sufficient to have rav? Majority of Revius. And when it comes to the Akazayas, it's not enough to have the majority of You have to have the entire Akazayas. We're just, you know, we're, we're taking a little break from the first part of the shear just to have a few minutes of lumbus, okay? Now that's what we're, I can tell that's what you're in the mood of right now, right? So, why is it when it comes to the Dalit Kaisais, Roiv is enough? You say, Rubai Kakula. If you do the majority, that's good enough. And yet, when it comes to Matzan, Malel Seder, you have to have the entire Kezayis of Okay. So the Chsam Soifer in the Tshuva says a very important principle in general when it comes to the, uh, the general understanding of the concept of Rav. We know in Judaism there's a concept, Rubai Kekula. The majority of something is like the entire thing. When does it apply? When does it not apply? Says the Chsam Soifer. Whenever the entire item has to be in front of you, so then we view it as one unit, as one unified component. Then we say if you have the majority of it, it's as if you had the whole thing. 
But if you don't need the entire unit to be in front of you, then it's not good enough just to have the majority. You need to have everything. You need to do everything. For example, you have a court case. How many judges are required in a standard Jewish court case? Three. Three. Two Dayanim say Ruvain, one Dayan says Shimon. Who wins? Ruvain wins. Why? Two against one. What do you mean? But it's not unanimous. No, you don't need a unanimous decision. Rubai Kekulai, the majority of the Bezdin is good enough. Why is that? Says the Cipher. Because when it comes to a court case, what if only two judges show up and they both say, Ruvain, who wins? Ruvain doesn't win. Why not? Because you don't have a court. It's not, but what do you mean? Even if I had a third guy and he would be dissenting, it still would be two against one. No. The halacha is you need all three judges to be in front of you. It's one unit. Anytime you need everything to be in front of you, majority is good enough. By Dalit Kaisais, how much has to be physically in your cup? How much does the cup have to hold? How much has to be in the cup? Ravius. So the majority of Ravius is good enough. But by matzah, how much has to be in front of you? There's no requirement of anything to be in front of you. You could eat a tenth of a kazais in this room, go run into that room, eat another tenth of a kazais, run into the third room, eat another tenth of a kazais. There's no halacha, you have to have a kazais in front of you. The halacha is you need to eat a kazais. Because the halacha does not require that the whole kazais be in front of you, it's not considered one unit, and we don't utilize the rule, rubai kekulai. So I've always said, tonight if you're having a hard time falling asleep, you know, you'll contemplate this question. Why is it by Dalit Kaisais, majority is good enough? And by Achilas Matzah, majority is not good enough. Okay. Back to the ranch. Okay. So we had seven questions, and we have one answer. And the answer is that there is a challenge in life that almost all of us, if not all of us, face all the time. And the challenge is that at times a person may be inspired to come closer to the Rebani Shalom, to do more mitzvahs, to elevate oneself, to sanctify oneself. And at the same time, the Sahara comes to the person and says, Who are you kidding? You want to sanctify yourself? You want to come closer to Hashem? You want to do more mitzvahs? Don't you remember all the Averas you once did? Remember when you were a teenager? Remember what you did 10 years ago? Remember what you did last year? Remember what you did an hour ago? You know how many Averis you do? When was the last time you really learned, you know, properly? When was the last time you dive in one Shemar with Kavana? And you want to do mitzvahs? You want to sanctify yourself? No, 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 that's for big tzaddikim, not for a person like me and you. And the Yitzhahara tries to make us feel dirty. The Yitzhahara tries to make us feel sullied by Averas. The Yitzhahara says, yeah, you want to sanctify yourself, but look what you do privately. What about all those private Averas you do that nobody knows about? And the Yitzhahara tries to pull a person down. He tries to say, who do you think you are? Before you come and do any mitzvahs, before you sanctify yourself, before you come closer to Hashem, sur meirah, first stop doing the Averas. Then you'll talk about, you know, Kedusha. And this is a, somewhat of a valid, uh, valid taina the Yitzhar has here. Yitzhar comes to a person and he says, you know, are you really worthy of embarking on such a path? Are you really worthy of coming close to Hashem? And not just in our spiritual lives, but even in our regular, ordinary, day-to-day lives, 
People feel they have baggage. People feel, you know, how am I ever going to be successful in uh, finding a good job? The last hundred interviews didn't work out. How am I going to be successful in Shidduchim? It's not happening for me. And the Yitzhahara tries to pull a person down. He says, it's not going to work. You're not the guy. It's not going to happen. And often, life seems very bleak, physically, spiritually. Yitzhahara tries to paint a very dark picture. He tries to make a person feel that he's not worthy. But let's think for a minute. Klal Yisrael is in Mitzrayim. They're in the land of Egypt. They're languishing. They're wallowing in Mitzrayim. They've sunk to the 49th level of Tum. You know what that means? The Ramam tells us that if the Jewish people had remained in Egypt for one more moment, they would have fallen to the point of no return. They would have fallen to the 50th level of Tumah. The Navi Yecheskel says, We were naked and bare of mitzvahs. We were idolaters. So here you have a bunch of Jews. They're idol worshippers. They're on the 49th level of Tumah. They're wallowing, they're languishing in Egypt. They're balei avera. They're full of Tumah. They're full of chit. And then they get a knock on the door. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, Rabbi Sai, we're leaving Egypt tomorrow. And you're about to start a voyage of the most majestic mission in history. Yeah, what's that? We're going to receive the Torah. Receive the Torah? What, Tyra? Us? Yeah. We're idolaters. We're balei avera. We're Tameh. We're nothing. We're worthless. We have a slave mentality. Imagine you go into, you know, um, a prison. Yeah? And you take now, criminals, murderers, adulterers. And you tell them, guys, okay, uh, you just, uh, we have a little mission for you guys. We're going to convert you. And then we're going to bring you to Lakewood. And you're going to start giving chaburas to the, the best Talmidim in Lakewood. And then you're going to be the Rosh Yeshivas. You're going to start Yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. And then you're going to be the Gedoy Hadar. And people are going to come to you for brachas. And they say, say what? Right? <laughs> We're still, uh, you know, first of all, let's get off, uh, let's wean ourselves off of our addictions before we uh, think about learning Aleph And you're telling me about becoming a uh, big Rosh Yeshiva? And that's what happened in Mitzrayim. That's exactly what happened in Mitzrayim. Klal Yisrael were on the 49th level of Tumah to the point where the Malachim said, what are you saving the Jews for? They're no better than the Mitzrayim. And you know how bad the Mitzrayim were? They were Ervas Haaretz. They were the lowest of the low in history. And the Jewish people, who the Malachim said were no better, were no better than the Egyptians, the Jewish people are having a message, you know, get ready, pack your bags, you're about to go to Har Sinai to receive the Torah. How are they going to do it? Mem Teshari Tumah? From the 49th level of Tumah? The answer is, says the Shem Ishmuel, in the name of the Avnei Nez, Pesach had a different Seder. The Seder of Pesach was a different Seder than the rest of the year. The rest of the year, if you're a Russia, we say, skedaddle, get lost, go fly a kite. First stop sinning, and then you can open up the Gemara. First stop sinning, and then you can worry about Kedusha. The rest of the year, we tell somebody who wants to come closer to Hashem, get rid of your Yetzirah first, and then we'll talk about sanctity. But the night of Pesach has a different order. The night of Pesach, the Yubban Shalom came to Klal Yisrael, who were in the Mem Teshare Tumah, and the Yubban Shalom pulled every Jew by the collar, and he says, Kadesh! You'll worry about Orchats later. You'll worry about cleaning yourself off later. You'll worry about removing the Avodah Zarah later. You'll worry about stopping to sin later. You'll worry about the Tumah later. You'll worry about the Averis later. Right now, the mission is, jump into Kedusha, don't look back. The night of the Seder has a different order. 
It's the Seder of Pesach is Ipcha Mestavra. It's the exact opposite of the rest of the year. The rest of the year, Sor Meirah, Vaase Taif. The rest of the year, first you have to stop sinning. First you have to throw away your Avodah throw away your Yetzahara, throw away your Averos, and then we can worry about Kedusha. The night of Pesach, the Rebani Shalom tells Klai Yisrael, Kadesh! After Kadesh, we'll worry about Orchats later. That is the principle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That was the lesson of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. I saw recently this week, from, uh, you have on the sheet, I believe it's the last Maramakam, in number 28, from the Kedusha Tzion. Kedusha Tzion says, you know, we say in Kiddush, what do those words mean? So he explains. explains. The very first step of a Jew who is about to embark upon Kedusha. And the Yitzhar is schlepping him down. He's saying, don't do it. You're not worthy. Who do you think you are? You're the wrong guy for the job. Don't you remember all the Averos you've done? Don't you remember all the Chatan you still do? You're telling me, the Yitzhar says, you're going to try to attain Kedusha, and then in an hour you're going to go back to the Averos? No, you can't do it. Says the Kedusha Siyan. You want to start Kedusha? The first thing you need to do is Zecher Yitzias Mitzrayim. Think about how God took us out of Egypt. Amidst the Memteshari Tumah, Hashem said, don't look back. You're on the lowest level possible. You're serving Avodah Zarah. You're Eroim the area. You're naked and bare of mitzvahs. Don't look back. You know, all you need to think about is one thing. It's brought down in the Haggadah, Tiv Haggadah, Gamil Rabinowitz. He's a big Makobo in Eretz Yisrael. He's a very popular speaker now. He writes... The main avoida, the night of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, is the Achshav Kervanu Hamokim Lavoidasai. All you need to know is today God has brought me close. Don't think about yesterday. Don't think about the past. You want to think about the past? That's for the rest of the year. The night of Yitzhak Mitzrayim has a different Seder. The Seder of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is Kadesh. You jump into Kedusha and you worry about the Orchats later. That's a tremendous lesson of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Rabbi Sai, the rest of the year, when do we do mitzvahs? Daytime. During the daytime. When things are clean, when things are pure, when you've removed the dirt, when you remove the, the symbolic filth. Daytime represents a time of purity, a time of cleanliness, a time when we removed ourselves from wrath. That's when we do mitzvahs. Because the rest of the year, first you need to do sur meirah, and then you could do Asaytai. And this I heard once from Rabbi Yisrael Reisman. But the night of Pesach has a different Seder. The night of Pesach, we do mitzvot dafka during the night time. Dafka from the time of Tumah, right? Night represents the time when the forces of Tumah are prevalent, when the forces of evil are prevalent. The night of Seder, we say, we're not as scared of the dark. We're not scared of Tumah. We're not scared of evil. We're not scared of Chatoim. We do mitzvahs mitoich v'tumah. That is why the night of Pesach we say, says the Vilna Goyen, Manishtana halayla hazeh. Because the night of Pesach we transform symbolically into day. Yes, night, night is Lashem Ekeva. But the night of the Seder we're able from the nighttime. From the Tumah, from the impurity, from the sin, from the filth, we transform the Laila into Yom. 
That's why Manashtana Halaila Hazah. That's why Hayyim Asubim Bibne Brak of Hayyim Asabrim Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim Kal Oisoy Halaila. The night of Pesach, we're able to see the symbolic light in the dark. Rabbi say the rest of the year, Terach. Never heard of him. Who's Terach? We're not related to Terach. Terach, maybe he's like, you know, your aunt's third cousin. You're not really related to him. We only have three fathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Aye, but Avram lived in his house. No, the Torah says, you know, he died earlier. We don't even know who he is. We hide him in the closet. We put him in the back shelf. We let him collect dust. You know why? Because the rest of the year we're afraid of Terach. We could overcome such an origin. We can't overcome that. The rest of the year it's Sur Meirah. You have to remove yourself from evil. There is no way to overcome a Zedah like Terach the rest of the year. But the night of Pesach, we bring Terach out of the closet. We say, this is who we come from. And we're not afraid. We're not embarrassed. We're not ashamed. Because the night of Pesach, we could overcome Tumah. We could overcome Averis. We could overcome Filth. We could overcome Lila. We could overcome Terach. Terach's at the Seder table. And the night of the Seder is the one night a year the Russia has a fighting chance. It's the one night a year we tell the Russia, come in, come in, the rest of the year. We don't know what to do with the Russia. How's the Russia going to change? The Russia is going to overcome all of his mistakes, all of his Averos, all of his Taivas, all of his Yetzirahs. The night of the Seder we tell the Russia, come to the table, bring your Avodah with you, bring your Toma with you, don't stop. We tell the Russia, keep on doing it. No problem. Because the night of the Seder, we have a different order. The order of Pesach is Kadesh. That's the message. The message of Leil Seder is first sanctify yourself. You'll worry about Orchats later. And we bring the Russia to the table. And what do we do to the Russia? This is not necessarily the recommended cure of approach. But we punch him in the mouth. And we knock out his teeth. Right? Now, usually that won't uh, do the job and bring a person closer to the Torah. But here, very interestingly, the Baal Haggadah recommends that you take the Russia, right? No Masilas Yisharim, no seminars. You just take your fist, you punch him straight in the mouth, right? That's why many Jews are dentists, because of Lil Seda, right? <laughs> and, and we punch him in the mouth and we knock out his teeth. What does this mean? So it's brought down in the name of the Alshech. If you take the numerical value of Russia, what's Russia? <coughs> Rash is 200, Shin is 300, Ayan is 70. You get what? 570. You take the numerical value of Shinov. What's Shinov? Shin is 300, Yud is 10, Vav is 6, Nun, Nun is 50, 50. Yud is 10. 10. You get 366. What's 570 minus 366? 204. Sadik. That's what we're doing the night of the Seder. You take the Russia, the Russia 570. You take, knock out his teeth, 366. You're left with Sadik. It's the one shot the Russia has. The rest of the year, we don't give the Russia too much of a fighting chance. But the night of Seder, when we have a different Seder, we have a different order. We tell everybody, sanctify yourself. Don't worry about what you've done in the past. Don't worry about your ghosts. Don't worry about your past misdeeds. Don't worry about your Avodah your Taivas, your Yetzirahs. Just come, jump into Kedusha. We bring Terach to the table. We give out Egoism. We're not afraid of Chatan. 
We give it. That Rosh Hashanah, oh, Rosh Hashanah, we sit there from sin. Rosh Hashanah, God is evaluating every single Avera. No nuts the night of Rosh Hashanah. No pistachio nuts, no walnuts. All the nuts, right? All of a sudden, Rosh Hashanah night, everyone has a big taiva for walnuts. The whole year, nobody, you know, people have shadows that they have to make a shachiyonu on walnuts. And the night of Rosh Hashanah, all of a sudden, everybody wants uh, walnuts. Yeah? On the side of like we have the karosis made out of nuts. No, no, nah, what? Yeah, right, that's true, that's true, very good. But specifically, the Ramam ordains to give out a goizim the night of, the night of uh, Pesach. Why? We're showing we're not afraid of chay, we're not afraid of terah, we're not afraid of the rishayim, we're not afraid of the night, we're not afraid of them. And we shouldn't be afraid of ourselves either. You know, Chazal tell us, That what night of the year did Esav come to Yitzchak to try to get the brachos? Right? And what night of the year did Yaakov get the brachos? Well, you look on your sheets, you have a number... Eighteen. Yitzchak tells Esav, bring me shenei gedoyeizim, bring me two goats. So Rashi asked, two goats? I mean... No, no Jew could eat two goats. You can't even eat a whole goat. I mean, even, even a guy who could really pack it in. Maybe a third of a goat. But to eat two goats, I mean, and Yitzchak Avinu, he couldn't even see. I mean, a guy like that, he, he's old, he's frail, he's going to eat two goats. Rashi wants to know, what's Yitzchak going to do with two goats? Says Rashi, it was the night of Pesach. And the night of Pesach, you have to bring two karbanos. Karben Chagiga and the Karben Pesach. And we find an amazing thing. Yaakov comes in, he brings his father the food. Yaakov, um, Yitzchak gives Yaakov the bracha. Just then, Yaakov slips out the door. Esav comes in, and when Yitzchak realizes that Esav came in, Yitzchak trembles. He said, if you're Esav, who is the first guy? So Esav says, you know, Tata, Maybe you have something, a small bracha for me? Maybe you saved me one small bracha? So you know what Yitzchak says? Sorry, I ate everything. I mean, that's how one of the tzaddike oilam talk, he ate everything? But there's no room for dessert? So have a, you know, have a piece of chocolate cream pie. Esau will bring him some dessert, some jello or something, some compote, some, some uh, I don't know, fruit soup. Have a little bit from Esau and then give Esau a shtickle bracha. No, I ate everything, sorry. And then later the Pasuk says that uh, Yitzchak tells Esav, Ba achicha b'mirma, your brother came with trickery. What was the trickery exactly? And then look at Targamunklus. Targamunklus says, no, it doesn't mean trickery. Bichachmesa, with wisdom. What was the great wisdom of Yaakov Avinu? Says of Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. Says the Baal Shevet Moser. Yaakov's a smart guy. He knows it's the night of Pesach. So you know what he feeds his father? First he feeds him the carbon Chagiga. Then he feeds him the carbon Pesach. Carbon Pesach is called what? Afi Kaiman. And what's the halacha? Ein maftirin achara Pesach Afi Kaiman. So Yitzchak says, Esav, what do you want from me? I ate everything. I ate everything I'm halachically allowed to eat. I can't eat one more morsel. So says the Targum, it was trickery, but it was chachma. Says Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, take the gematria of the word Bemirma, Afi Koimen. Exactly. Ba Achicha Bemirma, your brother came Bemirma, the word Bemirma is 287, Afi Koimen is 287. Yaakov stole the Afi Koimen. 
Yaakov stole the Afikoyman, says the Sefer, Minchas from the Sheven Musar. If Yaakov stole the Afikoyman, what do you expect from us? This is the Makar for stealing the Afikoyman, says the Baal Sheven Musar. Let me ask you a question. Of every night during the year, why did Yitzchak choose to give Ace of the Brachas, Dafka, the night of Pesach? Because he wasn't afraid. Because Yitzchak, uh, Yitzchak was no fool. Yitzchak knew exactly who Esav was. Yitzchak knew Esav was a Russia. He knew Esav had too many Averos, too many Taivos, too many Yitzharas. Esav was not somebody that Yitzchak would give the brachas to. But the night of Pesach, Yitzchak understood that even Esav has a chance. The night of Pesach, Yitzchak understood, we're not afraid of the Russia. We're not afraid of Terach. We're not afraid of the Egoism. We're not afraid of Chatoim. We're not afraid of Memteshaitoma. You can have someone on the lowest possible level. Someone completely bereft of mitzvahs. Somebody bereft of Meisim Toivim. On the lowest level like Esau. And he could turn it around the night of Pesach. Why? Says the Avnei Nezer, because the night of Pesach has a different order. The order of the night of Pesach is Kadesh, and after Kadesh, only then it's Orchatz. Esav has a chance, Lel that. The rest of the year, by the way, very interesting. What bracha does Yitzchak give Yaakov Avinu the night of Pesach? V'yitein l'cha eloikim, mital ha-shamayim, that's the makar for davening for Tal on Pesach. V'yitein l'cha eloikim. But this is what we're learning. The night of Pesach, we're not afraid of Terah. We're not afraid of Rishayim. We're not afraid of Esav. We're not afraid of Egoism. We're not afraid of the night. And the lesson is we should not be afraid of ourselves. Now, I don't believe we featured uh, this uh, great uh, tzaddik before. Rav Baruch Mimejbej was the grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. He says something very interesting. Why do we eat the carbon Pesach? The Rebbein Yishlam jumped over the door. God jumped over the door. So, you know what that means? On a very obvious uh, level, God physically jumped over our doors. He killed the Egyptian. He killed, right, Mohammed. He jumped over the Jewish person's door. He jumped over our doors. But on a symbolic level, we know that there's a general rule in Judaism, in Avodah Hashem, that the Yibbana Hashem says, I want you to come close to me. I'm, I'm begging you. I'm yearning for you. But you have to take the first step. Pischuli Pesach Kechudah Shamachat. Just open up a little bit. You have to open the door a little bit. And I'll open it the rest of the way. But I'm not willing just to schlep you along without any effort on your part. You have to take the first step. Says Rav Baruch Mimejbush. On the night of Pesach, God jumped over the door. You know what that means? He said... The night of Pesach. You don't have to open that first step. You don't have to open up a little bit. You don't have to open that Pesach. You don't have to open the opening. God jumped over the door. Which door? The door of Pischuli, Pesach, Kechudah, Shamachat. The rest of the year, Hashem says, it's not so easy to come close. First, you have to clean yourself off. You have to stop with the Averos. You have to stop with the Yetzaharas, the Taivas. And then you have to take the first step. The night of Pesach, God says, Kaddish! Just jump into it. Yeah, I don't need any cleansing. I don't need any major tshuva. You don't have to stop with the Averis. You just jump into Kedusha. God jumped over the door. 
God jumped over the door. Rabbi said, we know that as we conclude Magid and we finish the meal, what's the first thing we do? We go to the door. We open the door. We open the door. What is the Indian of opening the door? There are many different pshatim. I saw in the Haggadah, Halakach Vahalibov, Rabbi Avram Shor. He says, the symbolic act of opening the door the night of Pesach represents that the Riban Shalom is telling every single Jew, the door is open. Come right in. Kadesh! There are no prerequisites. There are no conditions. There's no rechitza. There's no tahara necessary. It's Kadesh! Come right in! And then Orchatz. And that's the lesson of the Haggadah. That often in life, a person feels ba- bogged down, he feels weighed down, he feels like he has baggage, he feels that, yes, he wants to grow, he wants to come closer to Rebbe Hashem, but he has so much that he needs to get rid of before he could do that. The focus of the night of Seder is Terach Avri Avram Avri Yitzchak Avri Yaakov. We had a, a Zeder called Terach. He was a Russia. And yet, the Haggadah tells us, the Achshav Karvanu Hamakam Avaydasai. Now the Riban Shem has brought us close to Zavaydah. We don't look back. We don't think about the Memtesh Aritama. We don't think about where we came from. We don't think about Terach. We're not worried. We're not worried about the Russia. We're not worried about Terach. We're not worried about the night. We're not worried about Tuma. We're not worried about being bereft of mitzvahs. It's the Achshav Karvanu Hamakam Avaydasai. First comes Kadesh. And then we work that Orchats Rabbi Sai. Have a good evening.